podcast episode number 81 you join myself chris alongside my wonderful two co-hosts the techie teacher himself mr tom hello i'm um sporting some new frames today actually i don't neither of you picked up on that pre-show no, i mean it's glasses isn't it it's hard I, to I tell yeah. didn't really expect that i don't even think yeah. in person i would to be fair either so <laughs> sorry about sorry about that and that's um, right i'm just picking up my 2020 vision today i can 20, see 2021 vision 2021 uh, vision. Point one better. And below <laughs> him, also rocking his uh, spectacles, the uh, yeah. man of many pixels, Mr. Richie. I'm also wearing different glasses, actually. <laughs> oh, well. These are the ones I usually wear. The only, they... <laughs> the only glasses I have is a nice pint of uh, unbranded... <laughs> Non-disclosed brand of beverage. Yeah. beverage. <laughs> it's not an energy drink. Okay. That's the one thing. It's one step gives you energy. It's, one, <laughs> it's, you it's energy. slightly less sugar than I would have otherwise yeah. had. Uh, <laughs> you're joining us, of course, ladies and gentlemen, for episode 81 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. And we have a great show lined up for you this week. We're going to be talking about all of the amazing titles that dropped from the Stadia Makers program this past week. We're going to be talking uh, Stadia showing up at E3 this year. Maybe. And also uh, some dark side detective confusion because we've had some games drop and there's a new one coming out, but we were supposed to get it for free. Apparently not anymore. Mm. So we're going to be talking about all that and much, much more in this week's episode of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. But before we get into all that exciting, juicy news, a couple of pieces of housekeeping for you lovely listeners and viewers out there. Uh, number one, our YouTube, our YouTube memberships... That's a little ringtone for the YouTube memberships. Our YouTube memberships are live, everybody. So our channel's been working away, toiling away on this for some time. And our lovely patrons have been asking for this too. But it's live. So if you go down below, uh, the, the area in which you usually click like, subscribe, and if you haven't done all that rigmarole, you know about it. There'll now be a little blue blue font icon that says join. And if you click that lovely little join symbol, join, join uh, it will take you to our membership program. And we've got several tiers. We've got Founders, Bronze, Silver and Gold for you wonderful people out there. If you want to support the channel, support those three gentlemen and Stadia a little bit more, you can do that by clicking join. And uh, a few key bullet points you probably want to make clear is that the content across all tiers is for everybody. We don't want to gatekeep, we don't want to paywall any of our content. You will still get amazing content early, like Richie's and ours uh, Sounds of Stadia SideQuest show. You'll still get that five days early across all tiers. Uh, Tom, we've got some lovely badges by your design as well. We do. Absolutely. Yeah, so we've got um, what you'll see is as, as part of being a member, you'll gain perks such as um, you're getting uh, some emojis that we're going to be working on behind the scenes, but also you get a little membership icon for when the, any of the live chats you join in. So when we premiere a video or when you join into any of our sort of like uh, Thursday night live streams, for example, you'll be able to see next to your name in chat, you'll have a little icon, um, all based on these lovely things, our Stadia controllers. Um, the whole idea is the longer that you are a subscriber as well, you'll see that those controllers essentially evolve. So you'll start off with the nice clearly white controller and you'll move through different tiers depending on how long you support the channel for. But um, again, down the lines, you know, at the end of the day, what we want to say is we want people to join us at the level that you feel most comfortable at, like Chris said before, um, in terms of the the content that we're providing, it's, it's open to everybody who is a member as well. So don't feel like you have to jump in at a certain level. It's all down to you, you know, financially, how much you feel is, is, is really viable um, to say, you know, 
to support us. Thank you. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there for you to pick and choose. Uh, it doesn't mean we're getting rid of Patreon. That still stands. Uh, we may phase it out depending on how well either or they go, but we do feel like the YouTube membership program is easier for everybody because it just uses your Gmail account. And if you're here, you've probably got Gmail already because you play Stadia. It's a big part of the feedback we've got from our patrons. Most of our patrons were asking about YouTube membership from as long as they were subscribed to Patreon, so... I think it's nice to keep it all in one place, isn't yeah. it, really? But at the end of the day, people pick and choose as they want to, so the platforms are open to, to whichever suits your needs. Exactly. It's not scary, so head on over, check it out, and uh, we appreciate all the support that you wonderful people give us already. Uh, speaking of things that are scary, uh, we finished, gentlemen, our Resident Evil stream. So we played Resident <laughs> Evil 7 Biohazard across four separate live streams uh, across two weeks. Um we scared ourselves living daylights out of us many, many a times. Me specifically, because I was on the sticks. Uh, but we did it. We completed it. Great game. Uh, crazy plot twists and great tie-up of the story at the end. Uh, go check those videos out. They're all available on youtube.com forward slash sounds of stadia to watch at your own pleasure with uh, the lights on or off, depending on your preference. You can play games <laughs> however you want to play games, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, final piece of housekeeping. This coming Thursday, off the back of the Resident Evil uh, live streams. We are bringing you Killer Queen Black. It's a game we've wanted to do for some time and we're going to have the game developers in the chat with us and we may have some giveaway codes as well for the title. So check us out this Thursday, 8 p.m. British Standard Time because it's now sum summertime. Standard Time? Summertime. Summertime. Just click the link and it'll tell you when it starts your time zone. But we're going to be playing some Killer Queen Black this Thursday on Google Stadia. Right, gentlemen. Time for the show. So, Tom, will you Ooh. give us the... Super Sexy Special Stadia Story segment. Super fast. A.K.A. The, the news. news. The News. That was a very energetic <laughs> news uh, introduction. I've been storing it up for today. Mm. All that pent-up energy. So, <laughs> as we said, a couple of great news stories this week. A lot focused on games, a lot focused on gaming conventions, whether they're in the digital world or not. Uh, but to start things off, we wanted to give a little rundown of all the titles that were announced. We knew about some of them, some of them not so much, some of them surprised people. Uh, but to start off with, uh, I've kind of titled them, in, in not in order of like importance, but the ones that we didn't know about first, because they seem like the more interesting titles because we've discussed the other ones at length and uh the biggest one for me i think out of all this was a title called uh foreclosed which was rated earlier on the week before the official announcement dropped uh, but if either of you two haven't checked out uh foreclosed yet the description in the uh, community blog states is a narrative driven adventure set in a cyberpunk world filled with action suspense and experimental augmentations Follow the story of Ivan Kapnos, or Evan. Why did I say Ivan? Ivan. <laughs> Ivan. It's because his surname's, it's because his surname is Kapnos. I felt like Evan was you too, think... too normal. So you, you give him a bit, you think you're assuming he's Russian. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. It's, he's, he's in a cyberpunk world. So Evan Kapnos, or Ivan, uh, in this sleek comic book style game as he unravels the conspiracy behind his identity for closure, who is responsible and why. So essentially... This is like Minority Report meets Cyberpunk, where yeah. your kind of actions, everything, it's through comic book style, but it's all played out for you ahead of time, which is, it's it's very interesting, but the art style looks fantastic. It's very Cyberpunk inspired, of course, which most most games this last year we've seen are heavily inspired by whether or not Cyberpunk did it for you or didn't, if you're playing on the base PS4. Um, guys, uh, Tom, start with you. Does this game tickle your fancy? 
I always like the theme of cyberpunk, really. Um, and just watching through. Oh, lights are out. Hang Tom's on. Gone into a cyberpunk. You need to get uh-huh. that neon glow going. Damn. I know. Somebody's. I'm, I'm being cyber hacked right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I love. I love the idea of a cyberpunk world. Um, I think the gameplay looks fantastic. It reminds me very much of. Um, almost that it's it's not quite cell shaded in terms of the art style but it very much has that almost like comic book-esque like um did either either of you ever play 13 when it originally came out the um the sort of like it was a very comic book-esque shooting game um i think it was very recently remastered as well but wasn't uh hasn't been very is it roman numerals 13 yes x i x i i i i I can picture Um, it now yeah yes um, so I, I really like that art style and you don't see a lot of games pushing for that anymore these days, particularly maybe because it, it, it did fit a certain sort of mm. um, time within sort of like the, the gaming history here. But, you know, Cyberpunk is doing very well at the moment in terms of the the sort of, um, you know, setting for games at the moment, isn't it really? Uh, I, I like the idea of augmentations and stuff like that. I was a big fan of things like Shadowrun as well. So it's definitely sort of like one that I'm going to be interested in. Um, and I'm all for these Stadium Makers games, as we'll talk about later on as well. I think that's very much um, very interesting to see how these games do on the platform because I, I believe that a lot of these games may, uh, may be exclusive to Stadia for the time being, but they may eventually you know, branch out and we almost get like a first look or first exclusivity with them here. But from first look, yeah, looks good. Yeah, the uh, kind of Stadium Makers program can't be overlooked for how every one of these games and from the development teams has had a, a different journey to to reach the Stadium Makers yeah. program. Yeah. And we know from some of the other ones we're about to talk to, they've all came through different ways. And I've seen people on Twitter reach out and, and ask about, can we get this indie game over on Stadia? And I think the Makers program supports that so well that as time goes forward, yeah. this is ideally going to incubate indie titles for Stadia in a really supportive and creative way, which... Hopefully, it'll get a great name for itself, and I'd love Stadia to be the place. Like similar to Nintendo, Switch has been, and uh, PS4 when that originally launched, where indies just flock to it. If they can get the financial support and the creative backing, why wouldn't you want to put your title on these uh, on these platforms? Yeah, I think Stadia offers a lot for indie games because with the whole gaming on the go, if you get like a Razer Kishi or you get a claw or some description attached to a controller too, yeah, or for some games even touchscreen controls, it means that. These tend to be smaller titles. People, can, when they are go back to commuting to work and stuff, can play the play these games rather than just getting bombarded with microtransaction mobile games. Mm. So I think there's the whole there's a huge yeah. market there. It's why people. It's why I think done so well on the Switch. Hmm. But then you're removing the need to carry that second device. I think it shouldn't be dismissed either about how valuable the Stadium Makers program is from an, from an artistic and creative point of view as well, that it allows a lot of stories to be told that might have otherwise been swept under the rug as well, because obviously we live in a world that's quite saturated by media and saturated by big AAA titles, that sometimes a lot of these smaller um, devs and, and publishers don't get the opportunity to tell a story that that could be quite successful in there. Um, typically, you know, it gets washed out by the bigger by the bigger brands out there, and and we know how competitive the the, the gaming industry is in general. So to have a, a, a essentially a new program at, at the forefront of the indie scene is is fantastic because it does allow for those people with smaller voices essentially to actually be heard on a on on, on what would otherwise be, you know, a, a very crowded marketplace. Hmm. And, uh... yeah, and the artistic merits as well. Mm. From what I've heard, Google aren't really putting too many 
requirement onto the indie scene. So it's not like, okay, yes, we'll give you the money, but you have to do things like this. They're just kind of going, no, you make your game. Yeah, we get uh, a big thing for me is we, we can't underestimate how well indie titles have done recently. Look at Hades, just bagged some Game of the Year yeah. accolades and Untitled Goose Game before that. So Fall just because you have yeah yeah for just because you have the budget doesn't necessarily mean you're any lesser valued than any of the titles. And if Stadia all can still pump games out these, we haven't got yet, by the way, all still games we that haven't is got. True. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the next title. So uh, that one looks fantastic. That was one of the ones scrolling through the blog post with all the different videos and the trailers that all dropped across on the YouTube channel. Uh, that was one artistically and visually that perked, perked my interest. Uh, and the second one to do so was uh, Grime. Uh, so the description for Grime from uh, Cloverbyte developer, uh, destroy, absorb, grow. Grime is a fast and unforgiving action-adventure RPG in which you crush your foes with living weapons that mutate form and function. Consume your enemy enemy's remains with a black hole to strengthen your vessel as you break apart a world of anatomical horror and intrigue. Now, mm. this one gives me uh, inside slash little nightmares vibes. It's very almost claymation meets Abe's Odyssey almost in a similar yeah. way, um, but it looks I really see intriguing. What you mean, but- the pacing of it is so much different because things like Inside or Limbo or mm. things like that, these narrative, they can t- tend to be like quite slow paced. Even things like Little Nightmares, it's a fairly slow paced game. It's more about solving puzzles, avoiding danger, where this seems to go, now nah, we're going to take something a similar feel to the game, mm. but we're just going to turn up the action knob up to 11. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting big sort of um, almost Dark Souls-esque vibes from it as well in terms of the way that the gameplay actually plays out too. Um, very gritty, very dark, and very almost... Grimy. Um, grimy. <laughs> uh, I was going to go with Lovecraftian in a way as well. It looks very... Um, it, it's it, it's quite, quite... There's almost like an overlying theme of horror in there, but you are absolutely right. It's very much that sort of like 2D... Uh, in a 3D world environment where this 2.5D, I suppose, is what we call it, don't we, really? Where it, it's still 2D, but with 3D animation, 3D, 3D landscapes yeah. and so on. But um, interesting concept with this whole like uh, mechanic of using black holes and so on as well, because it looks like through watching the launch trailer there that we're sort of like absorbing enemy attacks mm-hmm. and using them against them too. So it's very, uh, very different to anything I've seen before. It'd be interesting to see if they incorporate the black hole mechanics into something like traversal. Mm, like portal, <clears throat> get around. Well, yeah, I, I was thinking if you want to get to a higher place, you fire a black hole up there and it pulls you up. And you could almost like, cancel back hole and use the momentum to... There's... It almost looks like his head is the black hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in the bullet points they've got, yeah. Eye-popping surrealism, living weapons, seamlessly swap weapons made of living creatures that mutate form during combat... Uh, death-defying combat, pun- uh, punish enemies, parrying attacks, smash them to the ground, or even airborne, absorb them to grow your strength as you wage war in a living world. Unique progression and challenging, uh, challenge menacing bosses. So there's your Dark Souls element to it, Tom. Uh, but yeah, it does seem like over time you're going to maybe steal the powers from the enemies you defeat, and that's going to help your your arsenal um, undertake what you've got up in front of you. But uh, yeah, again, art, the art style is what got me because it was very very different from what you probably normally see from an indie title but i'm uh, very mm. excited to see that one um so there's two two biggish ones on my radar right off the bat from the makers program uh third one up i've got i'm going to throw this one over to you tom because you're probably the biggest <laughs> fan of the three of us uh, jay and silent yeah. bob 
uh, chronic blunt punch. Absolutely right. Uh, didn't yeah. drop. Didn't drop with a trailer, so I had to go look on uh, their website. They've got a full website, chronicbluntpunch.com, if you want to check this one out. <laughs> and this is very for me. At a first look, looks like Street Fighter Scott Pilgrim. Uh, but you you know a lot more about the the Jane Silent Bob uh, universe or the Kevin Smith universe as such. Uh, yeah. How did this catch you on now? Because this is the kind of this is the one that comes with an actual franchise attached to it of all the titles. Yeah, I mean it's a pre-existing IP. Um, in as you said before, you know the Kevin Smith sort of um, filmiverse, I suppose, in a way, really, with the characters of Jay and Silent Bob, who are two very much sort of low lives, I suppose, is the way you describe them. Um, characters were introduced back in whew, probably like the '90s, I think it was. Two uh, two two low lives standing outside of a shop, just smoking smoking a bit of cannabis and. Uh, <laughs> And just sort of like harassing harassing the locals really um it sort of evolved from there they created their own sort of comic book franchise of um chronic and blunt man who um who eventually went on to to you know create um there's a fantastic film jane silent bob um the franchise itself is just it's it, it's quite well known if if, uh, if you haven't checked out the movies go check it out first but uh it's uh, it it's sort of like journey it follows their adventures into into traveling to california to um try to find out like they're basically there's a film company that sort of take over their ip of their characters that they created in the comic book that they created to create the what's the equivalent of like the marvel cinematic universe mm -hmm. of of their ip and um, this game looks like it's very sort of much linked to those films there is the fact that they use the comic book characters but as you said before it's very much sort of a side scrolling beat em up akin to street fighter uh, not street fight streets of rage um more recently and and the likes of scott pilgrim as well i'm always for these side scrollers as well so i i um i might I, I, this might be one that's on my list just because i enjoy the characters i think it's quite fun and it it does look like it it sort of ticks a few boxes for mm. me where 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 i feel like we don't have a lot of these side scrolling beat-em-ups anymore it's hard to make a bad yeah, one it's going to well. be a pro game <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah it's an interesting one with side scrolls because they've done it a few times with like the power rangers games and stuff where you can apply most franchises to a, a side scroll and beat them up because it's all you need is punch kick jump and take any character and give them kind of just an enemy and it, it works pretty well so i'll be interested to see if there is any comic book inspiration that drops in between levels perhaps uh, to yeah. bring this to life but the description just literally says a colorful side scrolling tag team beat em up plays swap back and forth between our heroes and perform specials. I'm sure there's going to be loads of like inside references to his yeah. movies and the Kevin Smith. Oh, that will be. 100%. A game like this is going to lean heavily into the nostalgia, and so it should. Yeah, 100% should. So it should. Um, so moving away from nostalgia, then we've got a very different, probably the most unique game that we got as part of the the Stadium oh, yeah. Makers program, and that is uh, She Dreams Elsewhere, which is uh, coming from Studio Sevilla. And Whitehorn Games. Uh, the description is She Dreams Elsewhere is a surreal adventure RPG about dreams and the extent to which they mirror reality. You play as Talia, an anxiety ridden, comatose woman, on a journey to confront the nightmares preventing her from awakening, while also finding out how exactly this mess happened in the first place. But some nightmares are harder to confront than others. Um, very different from all the other games we've just spoke about. It's. Uh, yeah. Deeply personal narrative, very uh, thematic focused around uh, kind of, I suppose, life. All the stuff that we probably all deal with in some way, shape or form. Um, for better or for worse, they, they kind of come through. 
it's got a couple of uh, new features in because I don't think this is the first version of the game. I think it originally came out a few years ago, so it might be retweaked for Stadia Makers, I guess. But yep. uh, yeah, very different type of game. Not my type of game, I'll, I'll say that much. I get massive mixed vibes between Undertale here because of the color scheme and the palette that they've used mm. in that sort of like 8-bit um, throwback to, 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 to first-gen you know, consoles. I'd even say not necessarily first-gen consoles because if it's in, a lot of it mm. seems in black and white. It reminds me of something you'd expect to play on a Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also in terms of the narrative, get reminded of, um, of, a, of an RPG maker game called To the Moon as well, which was very critically acclaimed too. So it's like one of those um, sort of very hard-hitting, emotionally driven games akin to, I suppose, um, for us in Stadia, it would be like Lost Words in a way, really, where the narrative is very much based on human emotion, human experiences, mm. and so on as well. So I've got a feeling this could be a game that um, will be rather emotionally tying to, to to a lot of people as well particularly with people who you know i mean i, I might find like a lot of emotional ties and stuff like that in there and then bring on the tears at some point i imagine in a way but uh but we do enjoy those games we do enjoy them i've got a quick correction for you chris i don't believe it's out now i've, I've just, i'm looking at the steam store now and it's still planned release date is 2021 but okay. there is a demo available on steam Oh, all right, I know that the trailer that was playing had 2018 at the end of it. So unless it's been pushed okay. back drastically uh, over the yeah. last two or so years, it's that's possible. that's all. I, that's the only thing that popped up in my mind. Which I was thinking, yeah, it's on Stadium Makers, yeah. but then it came up on screen saying 2018. I was like, okay, maybe it's not a brand new game then. But uh, yeah, thanks for clarifying that, Richie. Yeah. So yeah, a bit more of a deeper meaning. One, if it's anything like Lost Words, it's certainly going to get those emotions flowing. Yeah. Um, Moving on to the next title that we got uh, released, which we've knew about for some time, we discussed it a little bit further back, but uh, Death Carnival, uh, completely opposite side of the spectrum in terms of emotions. Yeah. This one is just rage and destruction, uh, taking out many, many things. And this this is one that's got me excited. Twin stick shooter, uh, akin to uh, Dead Nation, if anyone's played that, or Alien Nation, or Helldivers. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar to that. Uh, the devs are, are quite active over on Twitter, so go check their channel uh, and page out if you need to for a bit more insight. Uh, but this game just looks like absolute chaos. Uh, <laughs> weapons, online multiplayer mayhem, and a world broken by war, humanity endures uh, in a few overcrowded cities. To escape their bleak reality, many tend to televise combat sports, the most popular being Death Carnival. In this deadly game show, contestants must battle against hordes of monsters and machines for fame and fortune live on TV. Uh, cross, Cross-platform, we should mention as well, coming with that, which is going to be huge for its online uh, four-player co-op. It's got PvP, top-down arcade combat. Uh, looks absolutely gruesome, but all the more fun at the same time, gentlemen. I can't wait for this. This is uh, this is definitely on my radar, this one. What do you two Great think? Great stuff. I think I said before that when I saw this game... Um, it wasn't the top of my list from the games that it was originally announced with, but it does look out of the ones that we've seen so far. It does look like it could be the most engaging and, the, and probably the kind of game that you could jump into and you can just find yourself playing for quite a bit of time with literally action from the get-go. No real sort of like lagging between game players mm. with these twin stick shooters. Yeah, this uh, Thursday night stream written all over it. Yeah, that's what that's what I was about to say. For me, it's... I. Twin six shooters are not really games I particularly enjoy on myself, but when you're playing like either on the couch with one of your friends or we're playing on the on stream, they can be an absolute blast. Um, so that's where I'm looking 
that's why I'm interested in this game for yeah, just sitting on sitting here on a Thursday night playing with the with you two and the and the audience. I'm sure there'll be plenty of blasts in that game as well by looking at the theme of it. Yes, yep. they certainly will be. <laughs> there wasn't a pun intended, but... <laughs> there will be in there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, wrapping up with a few games we've already spoke about on the podcast, so we won't go too in-depth with these ones, but we got an uh, f- update on Figment 2, Creed Valley, the sequel, uh, coming out imminently. Uh, thankfully, as part of that, we also are expecting the original Figment... Actually, is the original Figment game out already? I think it is. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those where we get caught between announcements, ESRB ratings, sequel talk, and it's kind of like, because the store is so weirdly laid out, I don't feel like I've ever scrolled past it in the Stadia store, even when checking like <laughs> sales and such. Yeah. Is it there? Can we confirm to our uh, audience right now? Figment, checking right now. Figment I is out. confirm. You can confirm yep. it is there. Great. Now, if only we had a search bar to type the letter F and quickly narrow down the search yeah. field, that would be so convenient, people over at Stadia. Uh, so, great. We're getting the uh, sequel to that, Figment 2, Creed Valley, uh, coming fall 2021. We've knew about that sometime. little puzzle game, very focused around kind of music and carnival-esque uh, themes. Bit of fun to have. Again, not really one of my wheel. That's the problem with some of these uh, indie games. They're, they're so yeah. niche, they don't hit that kind of wide spectrum audience, and it's yeah. very much either take it or leave it, I find. With a lot I think of if, it was, if it was in my library and I was in the right mood, and it was like, I just want to play like an interesting indie game that I could jump into have a, having a good time with it. But I think with a lot of these games, it's more about having the time to give it a chance to show it mm. what it can do. Yeah, and the great thing with these being on kind of the first bout of Stadium Makers programs is they're going yeah. to get all the attention, whereas in maybe three years' time, there might be bigger titles that kind of take up the uh, the oxygen space in the room. Uh, other titles we know about, uh, Tom, one of your favourite ones, Merrick's Market, has been officially announced. We've, we've seen them on Twitter confirm that they were in talks, uh, coming soon. Again, we've said before, similar to Overcooked, but you're in a market. Yeah, I know you want to say yeah. it, Tom. Go on, do your do your impression. It's Merrick's Market. <laughs> there it is. It's got voice, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> got some voiceover work uh, coming down the pipeline for that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the kind of other one that we've already spoke about, which we are very, very intrigued by, was 100 Days, uh, officially yes. confirmed. It was confirmed over on their Twitter when they released the trailer. Uh, now we've got official Stadia confirmation. This is your uh, vineyard wine simulating game, which we keep forgetting a name of, but we'll refer to it as the wine game. Yeah, the wine game. Um, game. We've got some uh, some great uh, thoughts for a live stream with that one. Maybe just pop, Ooh, pop, yeah, uh, pop open a bottle of red and uh, manage a farm, I guess. Uh, yeah. Go through yeah, the seasons. Yeah. Let's make a vineyard together. Let's <laughs> make it worse. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've got a podcast together. Why not start a vineyard? At least uh, we can all yeah. get drunk for free. It's, that a, way. <laughs> it's a natural progression from a, a video game podcast mm. to starting a vineyard. Yeah, of course. Of take, take your winery <laughs> to the top. Uh, so that we'll definitely probably talk about this one a lot closer. It's really good. And again, it's great to yeah. see we're getting more uh, simulation-style games coming to Stadia because yeah. we're getting so much variety, but those PC kind of role-playing game not role-playing games um rts games you can i feel like we're still yeah. missing and 100 days yeah. definitely fits that little gap kind of the little big workshop tom you plowed loads of hours into that game oh yes um just because there's something soothing about just repeats going through the seasons and and um, managing your business coming as mm. well that's something i'm looking forward to yeah humankind you still got the pre-order for that right Awesome stuff. Fantastic. And uh, the kind of final one we'll talk about before we move on to the next story 
is uh, Sky Climbers. Now, this has been touted around. It was a Kickstarter. The Stadia community took it under their wing uh, very much and, and pushed this into the community that we need to support these smaller titles coming across. Yeah. Uh, they smashed the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, Tom, you're one of the uh, Kickstarter members. And I think uh, we'll spend a bit of time talking about this now because it's now officially out there. I think I've seen people from the Stadia team tweet about how great the, the team is over with Sky Climbers. Uh, and now we've got an official announcement. So Paratrope, Paratope, sorry, are doing uh, wonderful things to really get this game out in the public eye. And uh, I can't wait. I'm getting more excited yeah. for it. Now when I think it's an official reality, it's not just all yeah. talk on Kickstarter and such. Uh, it's <laughs> officially in the Stadium Makers program. I'm excited. I, I love the background behind this game coming to the Stadium because I don't think it was originally planned for Stadia. It's like the Stadia community encountered the game and decided, no, we want this game and we, we made it happen. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when a community yeah. pulls together. Um, yeah. I think from the original get-go, the idea was that it would be coming to, to um, I, I believe it was just cloud-based platforms, but you are right that the Stadia community reached out and very much made it uh, or raised, you know, raised it to the uh, to the attention of the Stadia business development team. Yeah. Really. Well, that that's it. it. Got enough backing from the Stadia community that the Stadia team reached out to the devs, and that then conversations obviously went well. So. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what is Sky Climbers? Well, Sky Climbers is very much this sort of like open world. Um, it's almost essentially it could be described in, in a strange way as like a sandbox game where. You have so many different ways you could approach it. It's a very ambitious project, so I think that's why there's there's a lot of um, hype around it. But at the same time, there's also a sort of you know uh, reluctance to want to delve too deep into it because it it can, it can be very many things. It can almost be like a a resource management game where you can build and and collect armies to fight against each other, or you almost even have like a monster hunter esque Pokemon type game where you can go around playing as a character in a world um following one of many different rpg tropes um and, and archetypes like warriors mages rangers and the likes mm. um to hunt uh collect creatures in the wild and have them as your companions not only that you can even actually build your own um towns your own cities uh whether that is built from pre-existing templates so let's say you want to put down a you know, a, a fountain or a, or an inn or something, you can select it from a radial menu after collecting the resources. Or if you want to build your own building based on, you know, your own design where you want to place down individual floor tiles, again, you can do exactly that. I think one of the big things about Sky Climbers that's really sort of had people's um, or caught people's attention is as well this ability that you are able to sort of roam the world and explore the world, which is... Uh, a very fantastical sort of world with you know flying creatures or creatures that can swim creatures that can traverse the land quite quickly um in a fully 3d landscape customizing your characters uh, meeting up with your friends or battling in pvp it's it's a very ambitious game um and i'm i'm very excited for it but i think what people do need to realize with this is that we are quite a way off it arriving on the platform it it is probably not going to arrive with us until early 2022 yeah um but now that it is part of the stadium makers program i think what we will see is we'll see a lot more interaction um from a stadium perspective and maybe even see some of those early demos or early builds that might allow people to actually experience some feedback on this and i can assure you that as soon as i get into the alpha of which is being a part of a kickstarter i will be getting my hands on it when the alpha comes out to pc um i'll get some footage i'll record it and even though it won't be forced like uh, recorded on stadia as we know, the game is coming to Stadia. 
I'll release it on the channel. Awesome. Easy as. Uh, yeah, the, the biggest thing for me is it's getting kind of that Valheim hype. Where it's yes. very similar. I've seen people this week on, on the internet make like the a scale model of the Eiffel Tower within Valheim, just using the assets and the, the, the building tools that are there. Resource management, gathering. But someone could just come along and destroy the Eiffel Tower if they had the right mind. <laughs> so it's it's living in that, that digital world. It's that Minecraft sort of um, risk, mm. should we say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, loads of excitement. And you're totally right. I'd imagine with it being back so much, I wouldn't be surprised with it being arguably so far out uh, that we see some kind of beta similar to what we got with humankind actually where we got that early access build model specifically designed for the cloud where we can jump in and play around and it doesn't impact the, the devs working on the game at the same time they could get a good uh, good idea of the audience and the crowd because clearly the game exists to to a core level we've seen them show, showcase on their twitter channel nearly every week they show something new off hell they made this the, the stadia phoenix within the game like two weeks after it was confirmed as coming so the they've got very creative active tools and i can't wait to see what this game kind of evolves into with the audience and with the the backing of the stadia makers program so exciting stuff to keep your eyes out for gentlemen <laughs> uh, loads of games coming the, the final game I wanted to leave till the end because it does go on to one of our next talking points is that of uh, Dark Side, the Dark Side Detective. Uh, Fumble in the Dark was announced too. And the kind of the one reason I want to highlight this one is uh, we'll, we'll talk about this game, then we'll talk about the, the weirdness surrounding it too. Is uh, It's coming from Spooky Doorway, cool name for a developer. Mm -hmm. Do enjoy that, it's fun to say. Uh, Dark Side Detective, it's very much a kind of. I don't want to say like a crime thriller, de classic detective stuff that goes on, but in a very beautiful pixelated art style. Uh, this is the sequel. So a dark side detective, Fumble in the Dark, is a serial adventure game where you help a duo of investigators crack the supernatural cases and puzzles in the city of Twin Lakes. Whether it's a noise complaint due to the ritual performing neighbours of Mothman <laughs> loitering around, not bat, not Man Bat from the Resident Evil stream, guys. <laughs> Mothman loitering around the porch light at night. Detective McQueen and his sidekick, Officer Patrick Dooley, uh, are just a text box away. Point and click your way through six new cases as you get to the bottom of each mystery. So it is very much a classic point and click, almost like a Lucas Arts point and click adventure um, remade uh, in in modern modern design. Excited for this game. Looks cool. Uh, this week we got the exciting news uh, that the Dark Side Detective Season 1 game uh, has arrived on Stadia. That arrived on Wednesday, I want to say. Just gone. I think we got the makers on the Tuesday then the game came out yeah. Wednesday or Thursday at some point throughout that. Uh, and we knew about this for some time. Game looks great. Great Game looks fun. Um, but we knew about uh, Season 1 coming because when they announced uh, the sequel a few months back now, uh, we were told, gentlemen that it was going to be a pro game. And it dropped this week on Stadia, and it's not a pro game. So my kind of question to you guys is, announcing pro games so like ahead of time that these deals weren't met, how is this being marketed? By, is this like an only on Stadia kind of thing? So to give you the updates then. So the update from Stadia Source, of course, your number one source for all Stadia gaming news reviews. Uh, I don't know the official rigmarole for that thing, uh, but that's that's where we get all this news from. Uh, the CEO of Spooky Doorway, uh, the team behind the Dark Side Detective series, had previously confirmed to the very own uh, Adam, part of Stadia Source team, or prior, uh, that the first season would be coming to Stadia Pro. And we knew this because it was part of the own Stadia community blog a few months back. You can click the link, go read it, and it definitively says 
yes, it's going to be part of Stadia Pro. Uh, updates too came from Grace, obviously community, wonderful community manager of part of Stadia. She confirmed over on Reddit that Season 1 will not be coming to Stadia Pro title when it launches on April the 8th. Uh, so she tagged it saying, Hi folks, thanks for flagging this. I can confirm the Dark Dark Side Detective won't be included in Stadia Pro when it launches this Thursday. Uh, our This Week on Stadia blog post has the latest information on the specific store pricing. Uh, it did launch with a Pro discount sale, we should say that. However, gentlemen, this goes back to kind of putting the, ho- the cat before the horse kind of thing, in my opinion. <laughs> but I, I can't imagine because yeah. it's a small game, arguably, this doesn't really cause yeah. that many problems. But being told you're getting something included with your subscription to then not be is it's a weird. The developers have told us that it was coming to Pro as well, which is odd. Mm. It could be a misunderstanding of what they actually perceive to be Stadia yeah. Pro, though, whether it actually just means <laughs> like everyone again, else. <laughs> I mean, if we yeah. if we go way back to like the you know the early days of Stadia when there was all this all these issues between identifying what the Stadia Free and the Stadia Pro difference was, Stadia Base even, yeah. let's go mm-hmm. back to that terminology. You know, there, there, there could be a slight uh, misunderstanding there or when they say Stadia Pro, are they referring that it's going to come straight with a sale? I, like, there's there's a lot of misconception there, but I do agree with you that it is one of these things that I feel like the, the exact details and the exact wording of these things should be fleshed out before you actually release the product. It, could, it might have been the developers even speaking out of 10. It may have been slated as a pro game, but if the contracts aren't signed, if yeah. it's spoke too early, hmm. and then for whatever reason, they decided not to go with it. Yeah, so or is it more insight into the, uh, the whole idea that we've discussed before that contractually, maybe that when the game is released on Stadia, do they actually have to sign some sort of clause that essentially says that the game should be uh, made available to go pro at some point within the future as well? And yeah. there could be some misunderstanding contractually as as to whether that meant immediately or whether it means down the line at yeah. some point. Yeah, it might just be too, too early because the statement from the community blog does actually say, because uh, it's in line with Figment. So much like Figment, yes. we're bringing, we're also bringing Darkside Detective Season 1 directly to Stadia Pro ahead of the launch of Darkside Detective Season 2. Get to know the spooky hilariousness world of Detective McQueen before the sequel drops. Yeah, now, interesting. Now I'm reading that out loud. That sounds like we were supposed to get Figment for Pro as well. <laughs> where's the Where's yeah. the Figment part? Oh, well, there. As a special gift to Stadia Pro subscribers, the first Figment will be shipping directly into Stadia Pro ahead of the launch of Figment Creed Valley. So keep an eye out. So was that two okay. games then? We did get Figment at Stadia Pro. Did yes. we? Yes. Yeah, I just double checked. Right, so that one worked. Yeah. So we so I, I so I actually have yeah. Figment myself. I just clearly yes. <laughs> it's lost in my library of games already now without a search functionality. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's just it's so weird because it's still in the blog article. You haven't gone back and corrected it. So there is still like a post that says you're getting it for Stadia Pro. I do think it's similar <laughs> to what Tom said where the, the dates may have got the wires crossed and then it's maybe yeah. next month. The the thing that gives me that sort of idea that um that that could potentially be the you know the the underlying miscommunication or misunderstanding 
is um, one thing we haven't touched on recently is there was um, another game that I follow quite closely that we've now gotten Stadia, which is Terraria. Uh, in that, in in amongst their sort of like monthly updates of when they say like what what's happening with the Terraria, there was a line within one of the uh, one of the posts that did say that the game could come to Stadia Pro at some point in the future, mm-hmm. which is what led me to believe that maybe it is part of the clause here. But again, it's this is all just speculation on my part. Um, no hard evidence to go by. So we all kind of feel like there's just some sort of miscommunication between the developers and Stadia and the understanding probably of the contracts and he's probably mm. probably spoke out of turn by accident. Yeah. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. So my guess is from this is that the Dark Side Detective will be free on Pro the month prior to the second, the sequel launching. So when we get a date for Fumble in the Dark... Pro was probably intended to be a pro because it says play it ahead of season two. Yeah. So my guess is it will yeah. drop on pro before. So whenever we get it on pro, season two is going to yeah. probably drop the following month in the way it's So written. what you're basically saying, Chris, and to all of the Sands of Stadia fans out there, <laughs> is don't buy Dark Side Dark Side Detective season no. one because it is coming to pro. I actually scratch that because. <laughs> The Fumble in the Dark's got a release date of April 15th, so by the time you listen to this, even this week, the sequel may be out. All right. <laughs> so that's even weirder wow. then. It'll go pro eventually, maybe, but uh, <laughs> it's very much an only on Cydia thing, but I wanted to draw attention to it because imagine if this happened to Ark Survival Evolved, which we were told were getting pro. Imagine if this was Ark that came out and it wasn't on pro, and people go, well... On the community blog and on the good stuff event, you said it was yeah. coming to pro, and then in it February. doesn't. In, yeah, <laughs> but it's actually going to happen several months later. That's yes. some marketing that needs clearing up. This it, is it. Once you've said something publicly, I think you kind of have to. Hmm. Either you need to be open and honest about backtracking if, it, if things have changed, or you have to follow through. Yeah. Now this is obviously flying under the radar because of the nature of being an indie development thing. Could you imagine a, 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 the current state of journalism out there if they got hold of this and the headline would be Stadia doesn't release promised games on Pro or something like that. Promised games yeah. denied to subs- paying subscribers. It's, it just writes itself. If you're listening, <laughs> terrible journalist out there, don't quote us on anything. <laughs> yeah. But, it's. I mean, again, if this was ARK, it would be a totally different scenario. Yeah. But evidently the... Uh, purchasing dark side detective for like eight pound doesn't blip on the radar as much but uh True. it's a it's a, it's one of those marketing things that probably just needs a little bit more tightening up yeah. on the messaging and making sure that stuff yeah. is fully signed off just in case just in case just in case just in i case. think it's like you don't until the contract's signed and everything's confirmed mm. just that's when you i think you keep play things close to your chest once you've got that then contract signed, then I think that's when you can start publicising more. Exactly. But uh, but that brings us, gentlemen, to an end of our Stadium Makers programme titles. Lots of exciting games. Some big, some small, some different. Some where you kill people with a giant death carnival uh, tractor with guns and spikes on it. And some delicious. <laughs> and some delicious and tasty, exactly. Uh, yeah. Do we think this 100 Days game only allows you to use uh, red wine? No, surely not. Surely there's got to be all different kinds of kinds white of wine. wine. The white wine and the rosé DLC. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> white wine. White wine DLC. Uh, what's wow. your preference, gentlemen? I am actually more partial to red than the others. I am much more of a red man myself. I, I like red and white, but it depends. 
bottom field at the time. I would usually go for <laughs> thirsty. Red. Yeah, no wine is really I, 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 I tend to prefer red, but if I'm having like a nice chicken or something, I'll go for white. Ah, uh, you're an accompaniment kind of guy. Uh, no, I think not... just some some wines go better with some dishes. Like they do. The, the red <laughs> is dangerous though because red it can be sat on the coffee table next to you and you just keep topping your wine glass off. Mm. Why you have to get up and go to the fridge? Yeah, that, that is a good point. That yeah, red pairs with a steak very nicely. Yeah. Uh, none of us rosier men then no I didn't think so didn't think so Uh, right next up next big story is kind of the the biggest story of the week outside of the games is that E3 gentlemen is returning this year they've confirmed it uh, over on Eurogamer following reports E3 will be returning this year as a digital event probably the right thing to do we've seen a couple of game uh, different uh, conventions come out this this year already and say like we're going ahead with a massive public thing and and any any person or company right now trying to organize a gig with even just over a few hundred people call me crazy gentlemen but i don't quite vibe with that just at this moment in time just yet there's still kind of this this thing going on in the world like we want to make sure it's done and dusted before we even consider returning to a a massive warehouse with thousands upon thousands of arguably sweaty people walking around in um Literally. I mean, we are talking about the video games industry, and I don't mean to, uh, to to sort of put a label on it, but we can be relatively sweaty. <laughs> it's a very sedentary hobby. If, yeah, that's that true. That is true. But looking at E3 then, they've announced that uh, the Entertainment Software Association, also known as the ESA, have officially confirmed that E3 2021 will be an online-only affair. It will be free to watch. So it's not going to be get kept, which is, they've only just opened up. Well, they had only just opened up E3 to the public, uh, in 2020 and then it all went to shit so that kind of don't blame them though it wasn't because of that Uh, it's going to take place between 12th to the 15th of june it's going to return as a reimagined all virtual event uh, which is going to allow developers to showcase their latest games and this year obviously we saw last year we covered a couple of them every company under the sun branched out and did their own digital event we covered ubisoft forward we covered square enix even just a few weeks back uh, Ubisoft, uh, there's, there's so many of them all try their own. IGN Summer of Gaming, it's like <laughs> Summer it Games Fest. An, it was a bit of a nightmare because it kind of stretched E3 out over like three months. Mm. And you, did, <laughs> you didn't know when we, what's going to drop and where. And it's like, I don't, I like things like Ubisoft Forwards and Nintendo Directs, but there's something nice about E3 where being all condensed into like three days. Yeah. I used to love it in the summer when like E3 coverage yeah. would start on IGN and just any any other minute I looked at my phone across that long weekend, I would get some exciting game news drop. Yeah. And you're totally right, Richie. The one that was drawn out with Jeff Keighley and stuff over the summer and IGNs and everyone else's, it just felt like it was just it just was fatiguing. Yeah. It just you were tired of going like, oh, okay, so what's coming next? And some was bad, some was good, some news didn't even deserve to be news, but because it was an event they had to talk yeah. about it, and it just yeah got a bit drawn out. I, I almost feel though it was inevitable because E3 just went down, and then suddenly they were scrambling to pull things together. And then yeah. where I always felt that this year, regardless of what happened, was going to be a bit more coordinated, a bit more condensed. Yeah, they had more time yeah. to pull things yeah. together and organize stuff because uh, we saw when Sony dropped out of the physical event, people yeah. started to question, is E3 even necessary when these companies can host their own? And we've seen it with the digital, and then the pandemic's kind of forced a digital presence upon them because we theorized when we launched the podcast that stadia would have been at e3 this year and this would have been their big opportunity to have a stage presence alongside the big boys and come out with guns blazing and say this is coming to stadia and it 
didn't happen. For me, for stadium, it wasn't necessarily the big thing. Be having a stage presence that's good for marketing and getting getting in people's eyes. Mm-hmm. But you get you only who's watching E three. It's your hardcore games. There's people like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but <laughs> it's people on the floor, of the conventions, getting hands on with the product. That's well, we also we also speculated about the fact that it's not just good for that and getting people with hands on on the product, but it's also good for them to have that presence to be able to talk face to face with other publishers and developers as well and try to actually entice them to get on the platform, too, because, you know, yes, we've got this fantastic product, but let's be real, like Stadia in terms of a physical presence out there in, in the in the wider world, in the public. We only had those launch events that were in pockets, like spe- very specific cities across the across the globe, really, um, that a lot of people don't have access to, despite what the masses tend to think. Like, for us to get to London is not easy. That that is not easy. So when they host an event in London, per se, we're we're not able to attend something like that. For us not to the get drop to of London, it's the wrong side of the country for a start. Um, so we either have to drive, which is about a four or five hour drive, find somewhere to park. Then you've got price of hotels. You've got, oh, if we get the train, you've got the price of trains, which aren't cheap in the UK. And I know, it it's expensive huge... to buy a train. Yeah, it is. It's really expensive to buy a train. It's even harder to let, let someone actually dr- let you drive it. Yeah, <laughs> but, to do the tracks. But yeah, but it's us to get to London is not actually a simple endeavour, and it's not mm. cheap either. Yeah, but point. Yeah, point I was trying to make there. Sorry, is that at the end of the day, what I'm trying to sort of um, identify with this is that these events are where people who are like-minded do gather um, yeah. and travel from around the globe too, because it is a specific event that takes place at a specific time of year, not just a pop-up event or so on. So it allows Google to get or to have the opportunity to have the Stadia team in there mingling amongst the likes of, you know, your Capcoms, your Konami's, your Ubisoft's and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, to be able to, to sort of show the people who are working on the products or are, you know, on part of the business development team to actually get involved and check the product out themselves so they can see firsthand how it performs. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from what Google and Stadia have been doing because I'm sure when they're trying to make these business deals behind the scenes, they are obviously going to have the opportunities to show off the tech and to, you know, to, to, to obviously have those meetings. But to be able to have them en masse in a place which is localized and also is very much focused it's... on something, there's something about the hype that's being generated there. There's something about like the general sort of atmosphere and, and, and how people are feeling anyway. It's networking. But, yeah, it is networking. It's, there's one thing having someone's email address and emailing them or ringing them about an interesting project. It's another thing getting after a long day of work in the sh- of the showroom floor, just having sitting down to a drink in the bar in your hotel, and there's thingy from Capcom. But for anybody and who then goes you have to a drink these... with them, and then yeah. it's that personal connection. That that that's true. But what I'm trying to say is there's there's also a difference between doing that as part of a business meeting organized and yeah. visiting someone's office. And doing it at an event where it is encouraged and is actively, yeah. you know, it's it's that's what it's designed for. It's like when you go to a football game, just as an idea, you become part of, you, you get involved in that atmosphere, and yeah. you know, you you sort of get that mentality all of a sudden where you join in with the crowd, with the chanting and everything like that. You go to a convention, you have that same sort of excitement, that same sort of buzz around you, rather than visiting a place like. I don't get that same sort of feel when I walk into a game shop on the high street. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 that's that's what I'm trying to go for there. 
the interesting thing as well about the ESA is they're neutral. It's neutral ground. It's not mm. run by a single publisher or developer. It's not run by a, a bunch of journalists who have got legacy relationships with a single platform and may have unconscious biases. The ESA is just like we're providing this space, this event. If you're if you're willing to fork up the money, you can you can be here. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be said about but both of your points there, and I think to go to go back to yours, Tom, physical presence is something I've been a massive advocate of for Stadia since it launched, because if we break it down, since 2019, we had the pop-up places in, what, London, Paris, yeah. LA, I think one of them was, and, and that yeah, was, like San Francisco, that was like, what, three yeah. days they were there for, yeah. and over a global expanse is, is nothing, yeah. We've seen nothing on the high streets, albeit the kind of world got shut down a little bit. So we'll give them the due when that when that yeah, stands. Yeah. But I've seen a few billboards. Billboard? Have you? Yeah, I've seen stadia billboards. I'm sure I've seen stadia billboards. I don't think I've seen anything. Uh, but other than that, like pop up stand, I've seen one at my place of work to like, like a demo stand. Nothing within like the game retail stores in the UK, game spots and supermarkets. Nothing there. Obviously, we get bombarded with them on YouTube ads, but in terms of yeah. a physical presence, I don't think it can be understated what Tom's saying about being at these events. It gets your name recognized in the same conversation. And I think all these journalists who rock up at E3 and it's like their biggest time of the year to start writing stories and articles and, and feature pieces about technology and what's going on at these expos. You can just picture if you rewind, if, if 2020 didn't all go to shit and everyone meets up and there's a big stadium stand, you get journalist XYZ comes along. I'm here from IGN, GameSpot, Eurogame, wherever, and they go, there's a, a, a press pass premiere edition or something. They have their crazy E3 and they go back to the hotel and what have they got? They've brought along their Xbox, their PlayStation, their Switch. They've lugged it along to the event because they're going to have to cover and play these games when the demos drop. And they're playing Stadia, playing a AAA title in their hotel using the power of the cloud. Imagine how different the conversation could have went if Stadia were there. Because you can't take a PS5 demo back to your hotel room because it hasn't came out yet. You can't take that. Whereas the convenience of Stadia could have... And we've, we mentioned it on previous podcasts about how the pandemic has actually had quite a big impact on journalists who usually travel all over the country. And they haven't left their home. So Stadia has actually had almost no use for them if they've had the console they review things on right by the side but now it's coming back around albeit in a digital format google have got to be looking at this i mean some of the backers who've already said they're going to be there nintendo xbox capcom konami ubisoft take two uh warner brothers uh kosh media coke media whatever they're called and a bunch of others that the promises more to come Yes. If Stadia and Google are not in this conversation, they'd be arguably probably one of the biggest digital game events of the summer, where are they at? Like, where is their presence? Because let's face it, everyone on the wider gaming world is not reading the community blog like we are every week. They're not yep. getting YouTube ads coming through. And even right. then, they probably skip the ad after five seconds. Where is the marketing that they've not done for the... It's coming up on the second anniversary in a few months, guys. And I've seen nothing outside of YouTube ads. And I'm in that way, ecosystem. Yeah, put it this way. If I wasn't in the Stadia ecosystem in the way I am by the fact that I'm a content creator, mm. I probably wouldn't be reading the blogs. So... I probably wouldn't mm. even be looking for them dropping. Like, Do they need um, they need but, to be there, right? Yeah, I do. I think they do. They, it, they need to be there. They, in this big 
whatever happened with summer ga- happens with summer games festival this year whatever happened with e3 mm-hmm. all the big temple things cross party cross platform events google need a presence and i think they need a significant presence as well mm-hmm. they need to remind people the they, is, yeah with sony and microsoft kind of taking a step back from e3 there's a chance for um stadia to, to take a step into the gap that they're leaving as X- well. xbox are there They've confirmed yeah, it's just Sony. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just Sony who aren't. Yeah. Like, albeit, let's be honest, with it being a digital event, Nintendo is just going to be a yeah. direct that's timed within yes. these three days. Xbox, they're yeah, all going to be just what... videos that are sent over to E3 to host on their web on their YouTube channel and then on their website. It'd so... be interesting to see what they're doing outside of the press conference, like the show, the the um, the show floor. What they're sort of like the booths and stuff. How are they going to address that? It's all virtual, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure it'll be anything like an original, like what you'd expect mm. of an E3. I think it's it's going to be far more like the Summer of Gaming or the Games Fest yeah. or you know the Connects and stuff like yeah. that. It's just going to be um, essentially, I, I imagine it's going to be a live video stream with. Yeah. You know, there might there might be some studio based stuff. They may have some socially distant studio based stuff, but it'll all be done digitally, remotely that we can watch along. Oh uh, yeah, I, I imagine just have more sort of things like there's going to be like more gameplay demo, like almost first looks of he's he's the new game working on yeah. with someone on the sticks while being yeah. commentating. Yeah, yeah, the that's, sort of that's stuff, what I saw. Sort of like the smaller stuff that if you're on the show floor, you might go check out the the e. The EA booth and get hands on the new FIFA, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and that's that's what I think I would love to see. I because like, by the looks of the digital event, it's surely going to be just a scheduled event of Nintendo going at eleven a.m., Xbox going at three p.m. in the afternoon, and then in between that, the news websites will cover it with like interviews with people who work there. And what I would love to see is sandwiched in between all the Nintendo and other stuff, a Stadia Connect. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then afterwards, IGN or Eurogamer, whoever, interview Phil Harrison, get some people out there, um, get yeah. John Justice out there and stuff, and have them just talking about how much we've learned over the last year. Be human about it. Come out and, sit, and stop hiding behind blog posts and press releases and just come out and, and be there in an interview, talk about yeah. learning from their mistakes, the, dis- the difficult decisions that were made, the future of games that are coming, and then show some things to be excited for. Address, address Stadia Games and Entertainment. This is your chance to get set the, set the record straight. Yeah, and say the reason we, we did that was because of this. Because let's face it, outside of all the bashing articles and the announcement, yeah. there's nothing really more being said other than Twitter. And if you're silent, people run with silence and make up their own stories, especially when the, the nature of journalism at the moment isn't that keen on Stadia still. So yeah. use it as a platform. Use E3, where all eyes are on the games industry, as a platform to talk about how great your damn product is. Yeah, and without resorting to just like the press speak, well, just be open, honest, and human about it, and go and just again, if it was re- you shut down CD Games and Entertainment for financial reasons, spell it out. Mm-hmm. Just spell it out. So to boil it all down, then, gentlemen, Tom. Do you think Stadia will be at E3 in some way, shape, or form this summer? Um, yes, yes, I, I actually do. Um, I think we're going to see something along the lines of possibly a, a Phil Harrison-style video clip, I mm. suppose, in a way. We won't see anything more than maybe 10 to 15 minutes of, of, of what's coming to Stadia. I imagine it's going to be our Connect dare i say it um just sent over to e3 and just say like here you go 
crack on with it, play it mm. in our slot. Yeah, that's that's all I'm really expecting. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to be hopeful this time. I'm I'm going to start. I'm going to turn the pessimism switch off, and uh, and just I'm, I'm going to be optimistic this time. I'm going to say yes. I, I think they will this year. Richie, um, I'm going to say yes as well. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be what we want from them, but I think they will be there. <laughs> and I also don't think we're going to find out till last minute because that's how Google handle things. Yeah, it'll be like the, <laughs> the minute before. It would be the blog post like two days before that meant they hmm. they're going live or something. Yeah, uh, I've, if I want them to be there, I really do. I really yeah. think it, it's necessary for them to remind people that there's still a thing and it works great and it's... there's the pros better than ever and the, the titles. Let's face it, the AAA titles at the moment are fantastic. There are no oh, big yeah. games that have came out since November yeah. that aren't exclusive to another platform that I can think of that we need on the platform it's it's great and, and i honestly think all the influencers and, and a, lot, a lot of the journalists out there don't actually realize the catalog of games that are playable on stadia right now no because i think a lot of the i my impression of a lot of the journalists out there then they only know stadias from from the memes they don't spend any time with the product mm-hmm. and they only cover it when basically they get told by the editor that someone needs to cover it yeah. i can almost imagine there's a set of reluctance behind it and uh, then yeah. they just kind of just get through the article. They're not like, they're not invested in giving Stadia a chance, really. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to play like a little game where you get it on the grid of all the big titles: yeah. Assassin's Creed, Rise Republic, Cyberpunk, Resident Evil, and just go down the minute grid and go PS Five, PS Four, Stadia, Xbox. Tick the box which you think is available. And I'd love to see how many just put yeah. crosses on all the Stadia ones and go nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it's like yes, you can actually play that there. Uh, I can imagine Phil just showing up at the Ubisoft event maybe again for like a little cameo. At worst case scenario, but Rise Republic is coming to Google Stadia. <laughs> now I'd like to see the Ubisoft event as well. Yeah. Yes. As that well. should be an as well thing. Yeah. If they want to act like their own platform, they need to be their own platform. Well, I, I think do it. E three is almost ubiquitous to gaming nowadays anyway so if you want to be taken seriously in video games and bear in mind Mm -hmm. Stadia are very much a definite newcomer they're still fighting for their place in the industry yeah you've got to turn up and you've got to turn up big show people what you're about what are the chances Amazon Lunar are there in every every single way and Stadia just don't rock up could you imagine that well 100 expect 100% expect to see GeForce now and Amazon Lunar both there that's that's a, that's i think that's actually quite a good call because i think i i wonder whether amazon would actually use that platform to 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 launch luna yeah. globally they must be due right we're coming up on yeah. like the well, second summer yeah yeah well they are they're reaching out to amazon luna at the moment they're reaching out to content creators and um, some of the big ones i know kind of funny did a like a sponsored like stream three hour sponsored mm. stream yeah they're the sort of people who are going to help sell your platform yeah, and on the sponsor stream, they did speak very, very highly of Luna. No latency. They were playing Immortals: Phoenix Rising. No latency. They were thrilled with the menu. The game catalog was all po- obviously sponsor stream. So take it with a pinch of salt. But yeah, it did. It does make you think. If Stadia would just pay these people to do, like we saw a few sponsors yeah. with uh, the Good Stuff event, Xavier Woods and stuff were out there. Lamar Wilson, and yet there's too too much quiet right between things happening. It's just sil- all yeah. silent on the Western Front. And uh, uh, for me. Uh, I use the word they need to fight for their place in the industry. I think it is. They it's mm. they need to fight for they've come out 
it hasn't the initial launch this launch year and a half hasn't went to plan for stadia they've become a bit of a meme they need to fight if they want to be taken seriously in the industry the journalists aren't going to gift you that that's nope. clear at this point yeah if you want to be taken seriously you need to go out there you need to show what you can do and the thing is it's a good product that's the frustrating thing is they're just yeah well that would yeah. be the big irony wouldn't it if luna come out fresh out the gate and just basically shit all over every all the work stadia's done by just having a fresh we're, we're not out we're not in beta anymore we're now live to the world play these great tiles we've got a subscription model and then all the good stuff that clearly works on stadia arguably better just yeah. gets swept under the rug because then they yeah. don't have a presence to combat it and say well what luna's doing if you really like that we do kind of the same thing but you can actually own your games rather than being subscribed I pre- I predicted that Amazon Luna would um, learn from Stadia's mistakes when that w- that was the first announcement. I think mm-hmm. they have so far. Yep. Time will tell. Time Yet will Stadia tell. Stadia don't. Mm-hmm. They still don't feel like they are fully learning from their mistakes. Well, it's always quiet. That's the problem. So yeah, I guess we'll hit. We'll wait. We'll and wait and find out. Mi- that is by far the biggest mistake they've made. Mm-hmm. They're too quiet. Maybe they'll learn from Stadia and get Resident Evil on their platform because uh, next story of the week is Resident Evil uh, or we should say Capcom uh, announced uh, this past week that we're having a brand new showcase of Resident Evil Village uh, coming soon so that is 6pm Eastern 3pm Pacific 11pm UK time so if you want to uh, stay up a little bit later and be scared just before you go to bed uh, Thursday <laughs> 15th of April 11pm UK time uh, they're going to do a live stream revealing uh, some news on a new demo Promised features for the uh, next-gen iterations of the platform uh, for the game uh, and a couple more details around probably, I'd imagine, DLC, roadmap kind of stuff that you'd see. But uh, after finishing Biohazard, gentlemen, and all of us having pre- uh, pre-ordered the premiere for Resident Evil Village, I'm excited for this. I'm intrigued to know. Now yeah. I know yeah. the kind of law behind Seven and all the stuff that goes on. This story then leads into this, so I'm intrigued more than I ever have been, I think. Mm. New environment, new spooky things happening. Wonder if there's more blood monsters kicking around, scare the, the living F-series. shit out of me. <laughs> the F series. Um, we won't. We won't have any spoilers here, but it means something. Maybe. What would you do if it was the T series and they're trying to link this back to the original, like with the T virus? We'll see. I'm very. I'm very interested to see how tall this lady is, how yep. she gets through doorways conveniently. Um, I feel like this is more vampires and werewolves from what we've seen from the early trainer, trailers. So quite a, yes. quite a deviation from the zombies and the Baker family um, that we have seen. So yeah, I've, I've kind of not really been paying that much attention, but having really actually enjoyed my time with Seven, even though it was fear-inducing, I'm uh, I'm, I'm really excited now about uh, Village because we've, we've got less than a month to wait now. So go check that out. Uh, this coming Thursday over on Capcom's YouTube channel, no doubt as well. Resident Evil Village Showcase. And there's the big tall lady. She's, well, she's like seven foot something, right? Nine foot six. How, what? How many, how, how many outcasts as tall was she again? <laughs> oh, it was, it was many all, it was outcasts. All, many outcasts as tall uh, over on Twitter. Uh, final news story of the week, ladies and gentlemen. We have uh, a fix for FIFA 21. So we've not covered it on the podcast before, but uh, some of you out there tagging EA, tagging Google in this, um, we've seen it with a couple of games where actually the Stadium variant suffers when problems go awry. No one seems to want to listen to getting around to fixing it. We've seen it with Outriders uh, this this last week. I've seen loads of people tweet about little yeah. glitches and issues. 
endgame content. I think is it the Outriders people are not getting their pre-order bonuses, from what I remember. And Square I'm not Enix sure about and stuff. I that one. I've seen a couple of people tweet about it. Uh, I don't think they get the pre-order bonuses. But the FIFA one is a more interesting one because it's the save issues. And we've never really contemplated this, but obviously all of our save files are in the cloud. And there's a couple of people on Stadia have basically reported that when they go in, the save files for like career mode and they're set the personal preference settings, they just ain't there anymore. They're just gone. And in, in the cloud, it's not like you can check a memory card or check your system storage. It's yeah. it's just gone. You can't you can't back up your saves. That's I think that's problematic. Yeah, because they're in the cloud. And it's something that I've never really even considered. But yeah, if you go in and they're not there, then what do you do? And we've all probably had that, right, in, in with past experiences where you go and play a game, the save file's gone, corrupted, damaged, whatever, your sister's deleted it. And you're just kind of so deflated that I can imagine anyone who's lost like a FIFA career save file that might be two or three seasons deep and you open up the game, you just look at that menu screen and just go, I, I don't want to play anymore. I'm so just like... <laughs> it's so deflating when you're like... You've, I think I've, I've had stretches where games I've just dropped out of where... I mean, I think we might have covered this on a, sh- on a show before where you've been playing the game for a couple of hours then for whatever reason, maybe there's a power cut and you haven't saved in a while, you just look mm. back up and like... I really can't be bothered to play through all that again. And then you just drop out. Yeah. My my biggest one was with Max Payne. I think I got it for one of my birthdays yeah. many, many years ago. Played probably my entire afternoon of my birthday, five, six hours worth. Yeah. Next day, went back, no save file. Never touched the Oof. game. Never touched the game again. Right. Lives up to its name then. N- never have. Never have. <laughs> Maybe never will because, one, it's old and janky by today's standards. But two, yeah, yeah that just totally pulled the rug out from under me. So yes, you, feel, I, so, you yeah. feel so deflated when that happens. Yeah. So um, thankfully, though, Grace doing the Lord's work out there. Uh, hi everyone. We understand how furi- uh, frustrating this situation can be. We're aware of the issue with career-saved games. We've been in touch with EA, who is in the process of rolling out a fix next week. We'll confirm an exact date as soon as we can. Thanks for your patience. And if further assistance for FIFA 21 is needed, I kindly suggest contacting EA directly. This is another habit on Twitter where Stadia often just point point everything in the direction of the developers get in touch with the devs get in touch with the devs yeah stadia needs to take some like acknowledgement and and um what's the word i'm looking for ownership ownership responsibility of this because it's on their platform and no one else is having this problem so it's all well and good saying yes obviously tag the developers in it as well yeah i'm looking at you 2k and whoever it is where the hell's our mafia game still came out (laughs) came out in september to every other platform but yes yeah. uh, obviously EA are looking into it so fingers crossed we'll see uh, see a fix rolled out for FIFA 21 hopefully before FIFA 22 comes whenever that may be uh, <laughs> but yeah it is something that's very niche to Stadia and I, I completely see from the developer standpoint like the, the harsh reality is they are not going to prioritise Stadia we saw it with Cyberpunk thankfully it worked on Stadia but reality is as you go down the pecking order and you've got only so many of uh, so many members of your team to fix things and get patches sorted and then that long long list yeah. when you've got what 140 million people on PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo Switch yeah Stadia isn't going to be a priority in fixing the little bugs and glitches unfortunately it should be we all pay the same price sometimes if not more True. but the, the reality is it has to come down to just sheer manpower and how many staff you have to, to look into these issues. From, from EA's perspective, 
um, if the game is working on all other platforms and not working on Stadia, then chances are the people playing on Stadia might are much more likely to buy on a different platform next time round. I don't think EA will look at it like they might be losing customers, too many customers on it. It's just moving where the customers will buy from, and EA, quite frankly, won't care what platform you buy the game on. That's a good point. So this is why Stadia need for me. I agree with you, Chris. This is where Stadia need to take responsibility because mm-hmm. it's your platform that's getting damaged, not EA's reputation. Yeah, that's that's another great point. Yeah, people might just deviate to elsewhere, or then it may impact the purchasing decision next time round. Because yeah. if you're going to potentially lose it again, and instead you're going to go, oh, just contact the year, then yeah, you need again. It's back to the E3 conversation. You just need to take ownership of your platform that yeah. you've created. You need to talk about it positively um, and and take on board everything that's happening. I just yep. want to clarify as well. This isn't a dig at like the community team with Chris. Oh no, Chris. this is. Google said, yeah, higher up than them that need to be working better with the, the working better with the developers to hmm. one not have these issues full stop and two resolve them quickly when they happen. Yeah, so hopefully we'll have an update on that when it is fixed. Uh, fingers crossed, everyone who is playing FIFA still, myself included, that isn't going to happen yeah. to me. I'll definitely be a lot more vocal for those FIFA fans out there if it happens to me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Tom, how's your FIFA season going? You're getting quite in there in the uh, pro season. Uh, yeah, I managed, I managed to finish one season off. Um, little did I know, I should have checked. It's my it's my own fault, really. I should have checked the achievements prior to doing that because it turns out by playing through one season as a pro, um, it didn't actually unlock anything for me. I, for some reason, thought it might do. Uh, it's actually very much heavily focused on the Volta football and the uh, FIFA Ultimate Tournament modes as well. So, um, Ultimate Team, sorry. I haven't even so, tried Volta. Yeah, I might I might give Volta a shot, but um, I've put FIFA on hold at the moment while I'm playing some other stuff on the side. Yes. Yeah, side note to that, actually, Tom, uh, FIFA and the Razor Kishi, match made in heaven. Brilliant, isn't it? I've played so like we thought we said before we even got FIFA that it's the perfect game for when you have 10, 15, 20 minutes spare to just jump in, play a game, do some transfers, do some training with your squad, shut everything down, go about your day. That paired with the Razor Kishi, mwah, perfect. Just jump in, bash out a game, shut everything down, unplug, unhook your phone, back in your pocket, you're on the move. Phenomenal, love it. Razor Kishi, 100%, recommend it. Fantastic, works so well. It just turns your Stadia into a Nintendo Switch. It, it does. does it so well. And the keys, the triggers, the buttons, love it, love it. Definitely recommend it for anyone who's uh, thinking about one. And if you're in the UK, like myself... Uh, there was a promotion with one of the mobile companies where a lot of people got one free with a Samsung upgrade. A lot of people out there who don't know anything about gaming and just got a free Kishi and they've just whacked it on Facebook Marketplace to get rid. So if you're in the market for one, don't go direct. Look on Facebook, look on local uh, eBay or whatever local trade things you've got because I picked mine up for £35 as opposed to 80 So Yeah, I, I need to try and get myself one because I very much like the concept. I very much am against the price of it. Yeah. Yep. I'm telling you, check it out. There's so many like I don't know, like middle-aged women out there who got one with their Samsung, and then they've gave it to their kids, and the kids have looked at it and went, "I don't know what to do with that, mum and dad." And they just sat there with this thing that has like a gaming controller in front, and they just whack it on Facebook for whatever the recommended <laughs> price. So if you're in the market for one, boy. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the market for one, you're in the UK. Just keep your eyes on social places because I got mine for less than half price, brand new, unopened, yeah. fantastic. Because like Richie, I was never going to pay eighty quid for it. Yeah, too much but definitely recommended 
And that's it, gentlemen. That brings us to a close for the Sounds of Stadia podcast, episode number 81 creeping ever so closer to that magic 100 mark uh, i did want to give a massive shout out to our youtube membership program once again before we wrap up today remember that's just gone live so you can click the little join button down below if you're watching this on our youtube channel and support the channel and us three gentlemen and the stadia community that little bit more uh, from as little as 99 pence as our founders tier we do have bronze silver and gold and there is nothing get kept behind any tier so just look at the tiers pick which one best suits your needs use case and uh, support us that little bit more. Like the Fabled Alpaca, Raging Jacob, Ashley, GRS, Kumna, Holly Pops, and Steve Nelson have already signed up to that program. You guys get a lovely little Premier Edition badge next to your name in the chat whenever we go live. And over the coming months, that will evolve into more controllers. And I think if we put the mighty Wasabi controller, Tom, as the the furthest out there is that the favorite uh no the 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 nice founder controller is one of the last ones that you can get currently um we do have room to add more down the line as well but obviously as we are only limited to the number of controllers that we have in the stadia ecosystem so far um we're looking to evolve that so we'll have a think about how we can best do that in the coming weeks is wasabi the one they'll have for the longest is that what i'm thinking wasabi is the one they will have the longest between three and six months correct that's what i was thinking of that's the one i was thinking of yeah. and uh yeah we're gonna have loads of uh, awesome new content dropping uh like richie's sounds of stadia side quest show you do get that up to five days early for being a member of our youtube channel or a patreon over at patreon.com forward slash sounds of stadia uh what was our mission this week richie we were talking about game preservation in, in the light of um, Sony closing down the um, PS3 and the, um, what do you call it, the Vita stores. What do you call it? Sta- what do you yeah. call it? Disrespect, <laughs> sir. The disrespect shown to us. It's a dead platform, the... Chris. It's a dead platform. Vita means oh, oh. life, Richie. Vita means life. It will live on. Then why are they trying to kill it? <laughs> oh, they killed it long ago by not supporting <laughs> yeah. it. But... A- anyway, um, and it's about how Stadia or cloud platforms in general, what does that? How can that be going forward in terms of game preservation? Go check that out. If you are a member, you get it early. If you're not, you get it on Friday. And yeah. with that, we bring it to an end of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. Don't forget to check out Killer Queen Black this coming Thursday on the channel with the devs and some giveaways as well. So if you haven't got the game yet, you could be in a chance to win. My name's been Chris. I've been Tom. I've been Richie. We've been Sounds of Stadia. Have a great week, everyone. Game on.